Hey, welcome back, everybody. HSC podcast number 20. Wow. Bainte. Bainte? Yeah. So, like, if you're at Starbucks, it's a large drink, even though that means 20. So, podcast number 20. Uh, we got Big Box Steve on the mic. Of course, co-host Derek, the Big Smooth. Back on the mic, Fresh Wes. Good to have you back, Wes. Uh, Missed a good uh, podcast last week. So those of you who've been following and and watching, thanks for watching. Please subscribe, you know, hit that notification. But I thought it was a great podcast. So if you haven't seen that, check out last week's. Uh, This week, we got some really good topics, like really high in the media. Like this is what's happening. I know we haven't always done that. uh, But I think with the couple topics we have that are really hot in the media, this will be a, a good show here. So let's get started with uh, the first one to talk about is is labor shortage. So when you talk about labor shortage, you know, it's like, do you guys feel it? I don't know how much you go out and you go to other places, go to places like maybe, you know, grocery stores or restaurants or things like that. Like, do you guys feel a labor shortage at all? Yeah, most definitely. You can tell big time with like uh, the food industry. Um you know, we've, yeah, like what was a long, it's been about a few months, but we were going to get Chipotle one day and uh, you can already order online. (laughs) Yeah. And I I was going to go order online and it was disabled. They had disabled it because uh, they didn't have enough people working. So they wanted people to come in to order so they could gauge and keep the flow going. So that was interesting. I was like, Oh man. You're the second person I've heard mention Chipotle and labor shortages. Well, they need like how many people they have working at the same time though. You know what I mean? It's like six or seven people back there. Um, It's same with like Panda Express. They got like five or six people working at the same time, all at one time. They have to be in cohesion. So, you know, there's probably nine people working at the same time depending on like breaks and lunch and everything like that um so i could understand with places like those that they need to have the it's kind of like a conveyor belt with them so yeah and and a lot of those places and and you know i don't go to a lot of fast food especially inside restaurants things like that but um that you see a lot of complaining about, you know, not enough servers, not enough uh, checkers in grocery stores, things like that. You know, is, is that anything you notice, Wes? Like, we, do you go to the grocery store at all? Do you feel like there's less checkers or, you know, you go to a restaurant, do you feel like there's less servers? Yeah. I mean, I try to avoid, um, I live next to Winco, of course, but I try to avoid Winco because it's just too, too many people. I try to go to the store early, earlier in the day and um, I go to Safeway, but Safeway has been hurrying for years. Um, well, they're also like I, twice the price of everything. Yeah. yeah. But you know, when, you, when you're not shopping for five or six people, you know, it's like, whatever, I, I go there to get meat and stuff like that. But um but I just I just went to Burger King tonight, and I mean there was like three people. It seemed like there were like only three people working there. But the food came out fairly quickly. But it's um, yeah, it's weird. You could just tell that there's there's a shortage, uh, especially in the food industry. Um, 
there's bartenders, there's um, people just kind of like getting out of the service industry in general. Um, they've been talking about uh, how I forgot the number of how many people just quit their jobs, you know, in the service industry. So right. um, they're just as people really just backing up, filling in the, you know, vacancies. I mean, you could tell. Do you, especially do you think, in food. Do you think maybe the the labor shortage is like maybe like a a visual thing because it's the places that we go, like because we go to restaurants and grocery stores and things like that, we think there's a labor shortage. But it's like you just said that most people quitting the in service industry, right? But a lot of people leaving that. So maybe the it's not a total labor shortage. Maybe it's just based on a lot of people are leaving that service industry. Well, I think it's a lot of people are just tired of like you've got we got the taste of the work from home and the whole thing of like why should I drive to work for an hour drive home for an hour when these other jobs you can get you just like get up roll out of bed go over to your desk and you start work um and I think that's another like people are like I'm I'm, I'm tired of doing that and it's i think it's also a change in mind the mindsets of the work live to work and work to live mindset and i think nowadays no one really it's kind of to the point where people are very wary of corporations and so they're like i'm not going to break my back for this company because they're just going to get rid of me anyway they don't care about me and so I think that's where we're at now is you might have a labor shortage also because people don't want to stay at a company that sucks where before people just were like, okay, I just got to, you know, get my paycheck and go and do this. Um, that's an interesting thought process because you see that a lot, right? You, I mean, I've read that and I've seen that many places where people are talking about this mindset, you know, it's like, um, it's not worth it to me or you know i want to work at home you know that it's an interesting mindset and because you, you know you say well back in the day that wasn't how people thought you know even when, probably 20 years ago we started working like we we never had a thought of like <laughs> i'm just gonna stop working because they're not paying me enough right i mean i never had that thought i don't know if you guys if you had that <laughs> Well, I would go to, here's the thing, when I got laid off due to COVID and we were punching the numbers together, it was better for me just to stay at home and take care of my son than it was to go find another job that was one where we, he'd have to be in daycare and then, you know, and for paying for schooling and everything like that, uh, especially when he was being at home because the preschool wasn't open yeah so i think that happened to a lot of people also they had to start you know schools weren't in session at there was all work you know school from home so people had to figure out oh well i need to figure out a way that i could be at home because then another issue is if a kid was getting if their kid got sick at all anything then they were not supposed to go to school and how could you as a parent if you both went worked in an office or somewhere yeah impossible. able to able to sustain that 
Yeah, I think the, you know, obviously the pandemic and everything. So maybe that accelerated what people's thought process already was, right? Because before the pandemic, you didn't have a lot of that. And then the price of daycare, just to be honest with you, anytime you enter daycare into the equation, when you're talking about like work from home and, you know, and going into the office, happen to get daycare, the, the little amount that people are paid and they, how much it costs for daycare, it's always going to be a huge factor because it's like a thousand dollars for a daycare a month, you know, for a, a, just a, probably an average more in some places so yeah daycare is a big one into that so i want to get wes i want to get your take on this talking about this work from home so i know you haven't been in a job similar to what i have but i want to use this example if i said hey wes you're in my job and you can do the exact same work from your home that you can do from the office, no difference in the work. You know, what, what, how would you feel about that if I said, but you still have to come in the office and spend two hours a day driving, gas money, you know, whatever it takes to come in the office. You as a worker in that position, how would you feel? Uh, I would not like to come into the office every day. Um, I have a relative that kind of put in that same position and they basically send everybody home they have to go in the office maybe like once a week for a couple of hours because they work for a, uh, a uh, an import export company from uh, from japan so um yeah i would not uh i mean if i could do the same work from home why would i want to deal with traffic every day you know the price of gas is ridiculous. It was like five forty nine, and you get you don't get paid back for that. No, no, not 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 when gas is that expensive. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd much rather work from home. But um, I got offered a job, uh, a tech company to work from home here uh, about a year ago, but of course it fell through. But um, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of work from home, remote, remote work out there, right? But you still yeah. have a lot of companies that are pushing for return to return to office. Um, you saw, so I don't know if you guys saw this, but Apple had a huge like falling out because they had a very aggressive return to office schedule. So Apple had people quitting, you know, all over the media, and then Google pushing out return to work for some reason uh their executives coming out putting out articles on that but uh if you look at it as an average person most people think that's why i was saying hey wes what do you think on this it just makes sense you know if you could do the same work and save the money why not work at home so why are companies pushing for that derek what do you think I think it still comes back to, and I think it's an old mindset. I think they believe and they want to establish, even if it is fake, the family environment. This is a family. We're a family. And they, they, if you all are in office and working together, you're more likely to stay, in, stay together and be a family. 
where people today don't want to do that. They just want to do their job and get off work. Um, they don't want to have a bunch of like, hey, let's do like a happy hour after work and let's do this. No, I mean, maybe like the young, like the early 20 somethings, but people with kids and stuff are like, no, I'm good. Right. I got to get home or, and I just, yeah. I think it's just some companies, the CEOs and everything still have old mindsets that think this is the way you still run a company where most people, if you look, you know, a lot of companies now are getting rid of their brick and mortar buildings because they're like, why, why are we paying this much to have like six people here? Right. So they're consolidating. Especially if they can do the same work from home, that's pretty common, yeah. you know, you know, one, one thing that interests me is because I think it does have to do with that old school mentality that you're talking about. You know, it's just like, because like, that's how, especially in sales, for example, that's how sales grew up, right? On a sales floor in office and you can't get that environment anywhere else. It's kind of an old school mentality. And, and I think there's probably a portion of people who work and are okay with going into the office and okay with like the return to work. And I think that's probably an older demographic, to be honest with you, and not to say anything bad against, you know, younger, you know, Gen X or Gen Z or whatever, younger kids, they're just more tech savvy. And they understand that they could do the exact same work technically, right through a computer. And maybe older, the older demographic just doesn't get that, you know, like they just don't understand that you there is a virtual world out there. The internet exists <laughs> and it, it came along really nicely. <laughs> and so yeah, maybe that's not it, what they understand. It, it, I, I understand it when, when I started first, like getting used to online school, you know, taking online classes, kind of the yeah. same thing. Like it's, at first I, I was like, you know, I want to be in the classroom. I want that interaction. It's easier for me to deal with you know, teacher basically give out instructions. I can, I learn better this way, but you just eventually get used to it. You know, you eventually get used to the portals and, and how things, you know, basically all it is, it's, it's pretty much a zoom meeting now, you know, it's, it's right. just another zoom meeting. So, um, eventually I think even the older generation, you, you just see the, the wisdom in it, you know, it's like, and it's like I said, the gas prices are so ridiculously out of control that <laughs> why would you want to commute to work? And especially when you have all these policies, you know, like, hey, let's just start getting rid of roads and let's let's get rid of lanes and put up more biking lanes and and paint the street the streets green so it makes everybody feel better, you know, that you're environmentally conscious. <laughs> you know, driving is just gonna become more and more of a hassle. Well, and what if you live in like the really bad areas for traffic, right? Like what if you're commuting in LA for four hours? Yeah. Yeah. It's not realistic. You know, it's right. like, yeah. And yeah, just ride a bike to work. It's like, okay, yeah, I have a two hour commute. Thank you very much. You know, or, so. or just stay home, like log into your computer and do the same work you would do at the office. Yeah. You know, and I, I realize not everybody can do that, of course. Like we were talking about food service industry, right? They can't obviously work remote, you know, like they got to be there and doing that. So um, I think the, the remote is also like different than the, that separation of labor shortage that we're talking about. Like, just imagine if you're a server 
and you have to go in every day, deal with people, you know, be on site, but then every, some of these other people are getting these remote jobs. Right. And you're like, wait a minute, I could stay home and sit on my couch, but still do my job effectively and not deal with anybody. Yeah. And again, as long as you can do it effectively, then why does it matter? And that's what they're starting to see. So I, I do think that younger demographic is you're losing some of that food service, that industry service. And that's why I think there's a perceived labor shortage. Because when you really look at it, um, unemployment is actually down to as low as it's been in the last 10 years. You know, there's only like 6 million unemployed people, you know, it's down to like 3.6% you know, or something like that. Well, the new, the new unemployment claims are the lowest since 1969. Right. You know? so, well, so total well, claims, total be- people. No, it's just there's less people. Like, like yeah, there, there's going to be um, fewer claims with less people. But yeah, if you look at the last few years, or not even like the last 10, 15, 20 years, the sheer number is very similar or hitting the, the low as it's been. And so it's weird that you, you can hear unemployment being low, but people still have a perceived labor shortage. Cause that's a real thing. Like you hear that everywhere, you see it everywhere. So interesting with the, uh, the return to work, I want to see how that plays out. I think that's going to be because you see a lot of stuff fighting it and it's almost like there's a division happening right now of like the people fighting return to work and the people pro return to work we, we got a whole nother election on our hands about return to work uh, so that's that's an interesting topic but not as good as the next one and there's so much to wrap in this one i think it could be its own show but i want to kind of get our thoughts straight away so we got the buffalo new york shooting right at this time i think it stands at 10 killed you know 13 targeted or hit um and so just a shooting in general like so mass shootings suck right and there has to be uh at least i think it's two or three i think it's maybe three dead to be a mass shooting so you go shoot 30 people, but if none of them die, it's not considered a mass shooting for some reason. So what, with all the stuff that's been happening in the media, what are you guys' first reactions to this shooting? Uh, what have you seen? What have you heard? Like what's standing out to you? Well, yeah, I was reading and it was kind of interesting. He had his own discord chat room where he has and they're finding out there were 15 users signed on to it so i kind of want to see discord took it off but i kind of want to see what that chat room had in it and what was talked about and if you have like 15 users other people listening to these this chat room it'd be kind of interesting as a fly on the wall to see what it was transpiring in that well you know he was live on twitch too so he, he went in with a live camera on Twitch, which is viewed by millions and millions of people. Twitch took it down within like seconds of it being, you know, uh, posted. But still, that was 
you, you have probably, you know, a couple hundred thousand people, maybe a millions of people that saw that before it got taken down. Right. So he was posted live on Twitch. He had, uh, and that his discord channel, the 15 people that was 30 minutes before he left. Like he had had many discords before, uh, some of them where he even had said he had mapped out that store, like he had already been planning it. So I thought, I thought that was an interesting um, article about that. But then again, like, do we know what's the validity behind that too? Right. So that's the other thing that I have a problem with. So Wes, what have you seen or what have you heard about this? Well, I guess in, uh, I guess in June, um, the, uh, there were, there were warning signs almost even a year ago that he, there was a, I guess there was, um, he did a project, a school project about murder suicides uh, at his high school. And um, police were called to the school, but the police didn't seek a red, it's called a red flag order of right. protection against him. Yeah, at the time, it's like, should that person, should we be able to put a red flag order against a person permitting them or not allowing them to get guns or different things, right? Right. Yeah, it's basically to buy firearms or purchase, you know, purchase a firearm. Um, And you see this, you know, when there is a mass shooting, especially at school, you always, there's, it seems like everyone's like trying to get to, okay, were there signs? And there's always signs. But the problem is, you know, there's not, there's only so much you can do, you know, until something's done, until someone gets hurt and, and shot. So um, it seems like, you know, I mean, uh, just the whole, again, it's, it's another, it's another example of um, this is a mental health crisis. Right. And, and yeah. our, our, so our medicine system isn't exactly set up to help mental health, right? No, it's, it's help. It's there to basically get people hooked on things that honestly are almost as bad as, you know, the, you know, the problems that they're dealing with. You know, it doesn't really, it's, it's, a, it's basically a bandaid, you know, to try to, um, to just, you know, get, have some sort of solution that's just not going to be a permanent fix. So, so I have a question for you, Wes, thinking about this guy in particular, right? Like you obviously have mental health issues. If you do something like this, like that's just a, a fact. But think about this guy, and this could be media, this could be not. I'm just going based on what's reported that he had left uh, writings about uh, this being racially motivated. He specifically drove 200 miles away to a prominently black neighborhood and a prominently black uh, grocery store. 11 of the 13 he shot were minorities. So outside of him being mentally ill, you know, on a mental health state, you know, what is, how is that 
connect with the racially motivated part is that tied to the same as mental health or is there other factors that create that racial motivation uh i mean if you're um you know everybody wants to blame you know it's just look at the video game industry you know, whenever there's a shooting, let's blame, let's, you know, let's blame the, the games, let's blame, um, you know, the content. Um, content is key, almost mo mo more, more or less than just overall mental health. Like the, the, what people watch, it affects people the way they, they, they act out their lives. So some people will watch stuff. They'll watch videos of hate videos on YouTube or whatever, and or they'll watch uh, videos about how, like he watched videos about how to modify, you know, firearms. Right. It affects it affects the way that you know basically your brain operates and and how you have an overall outlook of the world. So, you know, whether it's movies or videos or people online that you know he follows. Um, I, I think, I think it's, it's, they work together as far as like, um, mental health and basically the content that, you know, yeah, they choose it. to view and it's a rabbit hole that goes, you know, you, you go from one thing that's, you know, it doesn't seem, it seems very harmless and you end up at a hate site or, or, you know, hate speech. And, and so. Um, do, do you think that content that they're taking in is equal or less than or greater than the mental health issue? And, and this is just opinion because nobody could know this, right? <laughs> like, but do you well, yeah, it, 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 it well, that, that comes down to, um, you know, what is it, environment or is it your, right. you know, genetic makeup? You know, and I, I think it, it, it's kind of like the same argument. And I think, again, both play a factor in what a person does and how a person reacts. And, you know, especially when it comes to angry issues, you know, how, okay, does a person just sit there and they just let it, you know, they, they let it go or do they act on those impulses that make them, you know, and that, and then that, that goes back into more of the mental health. Does this person have a predisposition to do right. something violent because he's a uh you know he's bipolar or he's you know has some sort of mental issue then then, then that gets more into the the genetic the, the dna of someone who has mental issues well so yeah so you're talking about i mean so you it's like going in a circle of this is it mental health is it environment and content you know um yeah and so that that's a big question right so derek if you're thinking about that you know, what do you think? And, and again, this is an impossible question, but does mental health play more into that? Or does the, what they're seeing, the content in their environment have more to do with something like that, this last act? I would say it would be mental health because, you know, think about us growing up. You don't see me going out trying to rip someone's spine out or and go and finish him or anything like that. We played Mortal Kombat and stuff, and then we didn't want to go and that, or you might play Halo or what, like Red Dead, 
Red Dead Redemption, all these games, shooting games or anything like that. A normal person is just in or watching Scarface or like, you know, Black Hawk Down or something like that. A normal, a person that doesn't have mental health issues is just going to be like, this is entertainment. Where someone who has mental health issues would use that as a trigger. So what about when you start getting into, and we'll talk about this kid specifically, uh, when you talk about his content and his environment, things you were watching and seeing. So he was uh, allegedly, now again, this could be media saying it or not, this is what's reported, right? Allegedly, he was into uh, a lot of information on the the Great Reset. Do you guys Have you guys heard of this? So there's a, a theory about the Great Reset, basically like white, white genocide. Um, depending on which side you read, they'll tell you differently. But the, the reality of the theory is, is that white people are becoming less predominant around the globe as far as population and will continue to do that. And they're being phased out. And so it tends to be a very conservative, what they even call anti-Semitic um, uh, supporting of this theory, right? And so they connected him to this great reset theory. Uh, they also like blame Tucker Carlson for peddling, as they called it, this theory on his show of the great reset. And so when they say this is most uh, racially motivated, they're actually out, including talking about this great reset theory. And which is apparently causing uh, white people to go out and shoot minorities. So that's, that's kind of what the, the big buzz now around this is like, when you think about this, I don't know if when I think about this, I hope you, I think you guys probably think the same. It's like, man, this is a terrible act of somebody killing people for no reason. I, I didn't even think about whether he was white, they were black. Like I didn't think about that at all until the last few days of research in this. All right. Well, I think you do have a history of it. So like school shootings, it's random because it's people they know. And so you kind of that, you've kind of got the feeling for that. But if you look at the other shootings that are not school shootings, so outside of school, so you're, not in school you have like you know the old tales of going postal or whatever like that but then you've had lately what you had the um the florida nightclub where they were targeting gays and you've had this uh wasn't there one where a guy was targeting a korean store there was uh yeah there, there's been a few there has been um there was that chinese nail salon um, there was, you know, a couple uh, synagogues. There was, you know, a couple different ones. It's funny that you say the the going postal thing because you know most of mass shootings have to do with work related, like previous work. It's a, like an a, amazingly high percentage <laughs> have to do well, with like going and shooting up places you used to work. <laughs> well, I could, I mean, if you think about. I'm trying to think like an, a psychopath here, but if you look at it, if you're someone who'd worked at a job for 40 years and got laid off or something happened, or, you know, you got something and someone like 
did a, a complaint against you and got you fired and and you thought like your life was over because of that uh, that mentality I could see all of a sudden that happening um same as like school shootings you think of people think that they're outcasts bullied um think they're you know less than everyone else so they're projecting that um and that's where I mean you get into like these other shootings and it could be racial or just bigoted yeah. thinkings on all of them um, because you know it's just we've been the problem is is now it's just we see more of it now because everything's televised right and there's plenty of racially motivated or bigotry motivated motivated whatever you want to call it shootings but there's so many shootings comparatively to those you know like there's way more work shootings there's way more school shootings uh when you look at say between this was kind of crazy looking at this data from this year back to 2017 there's been like 42 something like that mass shootings in that short a period that's like 10 a year right or roughly, you know, eight to 10 a year. Um, and, and believe it or not, like half or close to half of them were all like work related. Then there was your school shootings and then you had some racially motivated shootings. And that's well. another reason people want to work from home. <laughs> I don't want to get shot. So I thought that was interesting uh, talking about the shootings. Uh, so Wes, I got a good question for you. So there is a, a theory going around, and I don't know if you read this, but I'll explain it for everybody listening and for you. So the first theory is, is that there's a bunch of racially motivated shootings based on this great reset theory, right? And then the second theory coming out of Republicans, mostly like Wright, uh, Tucker Carlson, and, and some of the people in, in the, on the right, is that it's a conspiracy to tell people that there's all these racial shootings when they're underreporting on all shootings and, you know, trying to make a good percentage. So when you think about those two things, you got two sides, you got the left saying there's a huge problem with racial shootings and the right saying that the problem is, is that you're not reporting correctly because you're not seeing how many total shootings there are. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's that been going on for a while. As far as, far as like, go, talking about what the right says, the right's always saying, well, you don't report. I mean, you talk about these mass shootings, but you don't talk about all the children that are getting killed in Chicago from gun violence. And, you know, it's just, that's been going on for a while. And it's that tug of war between, again, both parties that nothing really gets solved because you have extremes on both sides. So I think the replacement theory that you're talking about, they explain it as a conspiracy theory that claims there's a cabal of elites that are right. trying to replace white people, white people. non-white immigrants. Right. So again, and it's another one of these theories that you know there's a there's people behind the scenes that are pulling strings to basically whether it's um, put out information or, or putting out things to inspire 
violence and inspire mass shootings, or it probably gets even more bizarre than that. Because once you start talking about the work of all, you can go any direction when it comes to weird stuff, crazy stuff. Um, so yeah. Well, they, they, they specifically, not, I won't say they, let's be more specific. Um, the, the media right now, CNN, MSNBC, these major left-wing medias are citing the fact that this kid, this shooter, cited the great replacement in the memoirs that he left. So he wrote, you know, what he was going to do, why he was going to do it, um, said that, according to them, said that um, he wrote, he had black hatredism writing in there, like, like they weren't as smart as us and they weren't as evolved as us and also cited the great replacement theory and then went and did this. So right. whether he wrote that or not, I don't know. That's what they're saying he wrote. So, the, so they're possibly saying that someone actually put out that, that he wrote that, but it was actually someone else. It's just my, that, yeah, exactly. That's what you have. It's another, it's, it's another, another conspiracy theory. Like, okay, you know, it's, it, it comes down to, again, we're going to, it's, we're always looking for somebody to blame or to sue. That's another problem too. It's like, okay. So how, you know, who do we, who, who, who gets basically, who gets dealt a lot of the blame here? Again, I think Derek's right when it comes to, you know, more or less mental health. You know, we, we all, we all watch the same stuff in a, in a sense every day on TV. Violence is in front of us. It doesn't matter where you look and it's getting worse and worse. I mean, some of the stuff's really hard to watch because I'm, I come from an era where, it was fun to watch sports. It's fun to watch movies. Now it's just getting really sick, disgusting. And you don't want to watch it. But you know what? It doesn't make you want to go out and act on certain impulses just because, you know, you, you get angry about, you know, how, you know, especially when you start talking about elites and how a lot of people just in this country are being oppressed. It doesn't make you want to go out and act on these impulses. It does come down to mental health and personal responsibility, it's, but it's turned into a blame game. The left blames the right, the right blames the left. And that's I mean, never, I, it's never ending. I agree. I, I don't, I think that, you know, yeah, these people have a hard time understanding. I guess, the, so that question of, and this just brought this to my mind, but like, so Derek, when you think about like, indoctrination like is this a real thing is this happening to people right now where they're getting so indoctrinated with this stuff that they it is causing them to do these things i mean i can't say yes i can't say no i mean it could be either way it's just the same indoctrination of like you know i don't want to go like this far but like when the the nazis they indoctrinated people and it was more because what he what Hitler fed on was people were suffering. And thinking about it now, we have inflation, you know, gas prices, everything. So what are people are there looking for someone to tell them why is this all happening? What is the what is going on? Right, Give right. me this purpose. And so I think you're gonna see a lot more of this, like 
from all different sides. Um, people are just going to start preying on people that are down on their luck and are just depressed or trying to find their self-worth. And they're going to be like, someone's going to come around and be like, hey, listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. And then they are going to go, oh, I'm doing something good now. Yeah, I think that's the tough part here is because as what you like what you're saying is as people get into struggle more and more, right? More poverty, more, you know, um, uh, struggle to make it, they're more likely to listen to whatever it is. And maybe it's some guy who may not have been anti-Semitic in the first place, but then ends up watching the great replacement video. Right. And then turns into this kid, this 18 year old kid that goes out and shoots 10 people. Well, you know, um, hold on, I'm trying to think of the name, the movie with um, John Singleton movie, uh, the college one. Uh, oh, Higher Learning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Rappaport's character. Mm-hmm. He comes to college. He's just kind of a goofy white kid and he gets pushed around and everything. And then here comes the neo-Nazis and they're like, try to make him his brotherhood. And then what happens? He goes and shoots people. And that's kind of like his you know that's what's happening is this kid could have probably had not so good of learn you know high school years maybe just saying i'm not maybe there were some black people that treated him badly or he thought or something he got bullied and then it triggered him to think this way right yeah 100 i mean because why else would you do that right i mean why else would you go out and, and do that right. I mean, yeah, I guess you could be, you know, that involved in some kind of conspiracy theory because people are crazy like that too. And that's the one thing they got to think about is that there is just some people who are just nuts out there and have done some crazy things from every level. It's not just a a white guy shooting black people, you know, it's Ted Bundy, it's, you know, (laughs) uh, John Wayne Gacy, like things like that, you know. Like those people are just nuts. There's really nothing you can do about that. You know, so I, there, yeah, that's that mental health thing. But also, I don't think you can come back from that with some of those guys. Well, it's like the whole Charles Manson family, right? Wasn't that this whole thing too? Is he brought all these people together uh, under peace and love and then got them all to go, well, let's go murder some people and stuff. Right. So, it's kind of amazing what they can talk people into when you think yeah. about it. Nice. Uh, so let's move to uh, uh, Elon Elon buying Twitter. Supposedly. So well, so so yeah, let's talk about that because the big thing in the media right now is that Elon is trying to say that the deal's on hold because they reported this bot percentage. Um, way lower than what it, it actually is. So they've reported at like 5%. He thinks it's at least 25%. <laughs> so he thinks one quarter of the Twitter users are fake, which means that he doesn't want to buy a company with one quarter of the users that they say they have. But here's the problem is Elon already signed paperwork. And so now Twitter is pushing for him to not be able to back out of the deal. So that's what's happening right now. Uh, but in, but for, forget all that stuff. Like, why would Elon want to buy Twitter? 
Like, what do you guys think? Like, what, what's his motivation here? He's bored. He's bored. He's got too much money. So he's like, hey, I'll just buy I mean, a social what? media Didn't company. It, he just, he went way above brand. Like, he's like, here, here's like a bunch of money. Right? It, he, he has way above asking price. Right? Well, and he already owned 9% of the company because he bought, you know, 9% of the shares and right. became the, the largest shareholder. I think it's just mostly ego and, you know, like to make it, I don't know. Is, is he more right-wing? Is that what's going on? Is that why? He's weird. I mean, I don't think I, I would describe him as either. Um, okay. I think he, he, he really just wants to go with the opposite of whatever everybody says. Because I know he said something like he was going to let Trump back in to Twitter. (laughs) Oh oh, yeah. That's what kind of made you wonder like, okay, is is he right? What what is, what is his, um, but I think, yeah, more of a libertarian type of worldview, but not libertarian because even he doesn't probably want to be pigeonholed in that group. No. He has his own. The thing is, he, I think he, he, the whole Twitter thing and it, pretty much everything he does is he looks at something, he looks at a problem, and he has a solution, right? With everything. And he thinks he's the smartest person in the room. And in general, he in pretty much world. is. <laughs> in the yeah. world, he thinks and, he is. It, yeah. And so basically, he looks, probably looks at Twitter and says, this, this service has potential, but it sucks right now. The stock has sucked. You know, he, yeah, he had, I mean, I had, I bought Twitter stock, you know, at one point because I was like, it's got to go up, right? Well, it's, you know, and, and someone's, and someone's eventually going to buy it. I just didn't think it would, it would be, it would be Elon Musk. Yeah, it's, right. it's bizarre. And, you know, it's like, and every, again, this is, this opens up a lot of another, um, a lot of different theories on why someone that powerful it's always, oh, he wants to control content. He wants to control the way you think. Right. Which I think, I think it's, that's not really the motivation here. It's just, he could do it. So why not? He has the money to do it. He has so much money. He can do whatever he wants and he can do it. And Howard Hughes used to do the same thing. You know, it's like, I want to buy an airline because I can. And he says, you know, and he, but he was an innovator. He can look at a problem and say, you know what? I could do this better. I could fix this problem. But the pushback you get, like what you said, was people think he's doing it so he can control content. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's always going to be that. There's always going to be that theory out there. But I just, when you look at the things that he does, I mean, especially the way operating Tesla, um, some of the things that he wants to do as far as like the underground tunnels, as far as like... um, as far as like for uh, traveling, it, it's it's sort of in that spirit where I say Howard Hughes, like he wants to take things and, and, and he wants to create something that no one else has really created. And he thinks he has the ability and the intelligence to do that. Yeah. And One he thing does. he does. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he does. And he, and he always comes out and he says things. I mean, especially when he talks about raising kids, you know, he's like, Hey, I uh, I owe everything to my children because I chose to have them. They don't owe me anything because right. they didn't choose to be here. And it's that mindset. It's it, he's. 
I look at him as more of an independent thinker. He wants to think outside the box. Um, but there's a, there's a danger to that too, because again, you start going down, you know, like my way is, you know, better than everyone else's way, even though you have history proving that this is the way you do things and this is the way you don't. So compared to the way a lot of people in power think, especially like globalists and what we call elitists and one percenters, he does have a different way of thinking about things um, like, you know, uh, the environment, um, you know, uh, democracy, social medicine, things like that. Like he has a different way of thinking than a lot of elitists and globalists do, which I do enjoy about him. But I also think like he's that borderline like genius or crazy. Like he yeah. kind of, he's kind of like on both the lines. Like you don't know if he's crazy or if he's a genius and you kind of well, feel like he's both. Well, on the wires, I, I just came up uh, tonight. He's, they said uh, he got accused of sexual harassment, cash payoff. I mean, I haven't really looked into it, but it just popped up on the wires. Oh, they're going to look, look, there's going to be so much uh, bloodbath and, and, uh elon musk bashing in the next year to two years you it'll blow your mind oh, hey, like, you'll be no, able to turn musk, on cnn and be like another elon musk video yeah. <laughs> musk exposed himself in proposition oh i'm sure he did. document show yeah. company paid two hundred fifty thousand for her silence yeah you know? musk molested me when i was a kid i want some money <laughs> where's my money musk I mean, you're going to see a lot of that because he's going against the grain, right? Like he's doing things that people don't want him to do. And so he's going to be ostracized for it. You know, it's kind of funny. Like Derek, I was making a joke when you talked about the dude getting arrested that attacked Dave Chappelle, but that's kind of the same thing. It's like, we don't want people jumping up on stage trying to attack actors. So we're going to make an example out of you. Well, and that the funny thing with that, as I read more is, he attacked his roommate before he attacked Chappelle. He stabbed his roommate. So then they were looking for him. And the only reason they found him is because he attacked Chappelle. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah, I mean, you're gonna, you're still gonna get like get the book thrown at you, I guess is is the, the idea here. It's like the same thing with that. Um, and when you start talking about Elon, it's like Elon, if you stir the pot. Like they're gonna they're gonna come after you. Like Deshaun Watson, you get one sexual harassment case, you're gonna get 20. <laughs> you know, you can't just have one, like people are gonna come after you. Well, and that's that they do that with everyone, and it's both sides. Like, you know, you had uh James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy, and then all of a sudden he was doing well and he's liberal. So then they started posting stuff that he said 10 years ago on Twitter. Right. And yeah. then you have the other side and it's like, you know, Chris Pratt or something like, oh, we don't like Chris Pratt. So let's find something that he did 10 years ago. Yep. It's but all across the board. Yeah. It doesn't matter what side you're on. Like if you get in the spotlight or you get in somebody's radar, like they're going to go back and they're going to find stuff that, you know, they can dig up on you. Uh, did you see the stuff on this senator? Like, I, I don't know a lot about it. I just saw some random stuff, but they're like this young kid senator who like said something against the Republican Party, and even though he's a Republican, and then all of a sudden he's just like, there's like videos of him doing all this bad stuff. And like, 
just all kind of, like he's basically never going to be a senator again. Well, the crazy <laughs> one I found I was just reading about is the mayor of Sandy. Did you hear about this one? Uh, he was running for governor. And then they came and found out that he was him and his wife were involved in swingers chats and like <laughs> what? Yes. I was like, uh, what? Well, and that's the thing. It's like, like you can't go into politics or you can't, yeah, you know, have these things happen yeah. unless you have nothing, right? Or, and, and or then, you're with Teflon Don. <laughs> <laughs> But who has nothing in their life? Like that's some people we don't want running an office, right? Well, that's why that's why people that are running for office have lots and lots of money. Yeah, you gotta hide that. Yeah. But again, if you're trying to like, it's kind of one of the things you want to create. You want to control content, and then what happens? Uh, things, documents come out. They go on the wires, just like just happened now about you know a cover up. Or, you know, of course, it's, it's a, a lot of a lot of things, people, a lot of politicians, a lot of stuff in their lives. Yeah, it's they got to cover up stuff. And usually it has to do with sex or, you know, paying off, uh, you know, some a woman where there was uh, there could be potentially damaging information that could come out like a harassment case or something and like those get paid off all the time yeah so yeah so I, that's so off topic but it's it's so true right <laughs> it's like you're like uh, yeah so 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 last thing here um i'm gonna say and then i'll let you guys wrap up so regardless of what's happening with elon musk buying twitter thing like that I think everybody, like you should take a little bit of time and listen to some of the stuff he says, some of the interviews he's done. I think he has a very unique look on the world that a lot of number one, like globalists and elitists don't have, but that a lot of normal people don't have. So um, when I was looking into the Twitter Elon stuff, I got into like a super deep rabbit hole of Elon and uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. So that would be my advice. Like, check it out. Like, uh, watch some of the old videos, some of the new videos. He says some good stuff. So final thoughts, yeah. Derek? Uh, for me, my final thought is this. And for all the people that are worried, like Elon Musk is going to buy Twitter and then he's going to control the content. Thing is, with Twitter, you control the content. You control who you want to follow you know what what i am on i got a bunch of people who do football that's what i follow right it's like if i i follow someone and then they start talking politics i'm like i'm done i don't want to deal with this i don't want to hear this this is what i want to listen to what i want to see so you know what it's not like facebook it's all these most of these are celebrities and stuff you could just be like unfollow i'm done with you like Facebook, you're pressured because they're your friends. You're like, oh man, I don't really want to, you know, do this. Yeah, because... you're gonna see it on there because you don't want to unfriend them. Yeah, and so it's kind of like that drama. But what's like Twitter? It's like most of the time, it's like, all right, I'm following some, you know, players or some sportscasters or whatever celebrities. And then if you don't like what they're talking about, you just stop following them. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. That's yeah, that's awesome. 
uh, file thoughts, Wes? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, when you go, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, you know, and you're flipping through your phone and stuff, and then you're thinking about something or you're talking about something, and all of a sudden it pops up on your phone. Like I was talking about the metaverse, right? Oh, that's so then, And so, and so I, I got, I got some sort of pop-up about sponsoring. <laughs> There's a metaverse like for them, you know, MetaQuest where you, you know, you could basically live your life through the metaverse, you know, you could that's build a, stuff. You that, could... That's a whole new episode. We're going to do a metaverse episode because I know. it's insane, dude. It is insane right now. Yeah. Like you can't even, yeah. un, you can't even imagine what's happening in the metaverse right now. And I mean, people, the fact I just said that sucks. Yeah, it is. It's because I mean, people are like in like wood shop. I mean, you remember in high school, you know, you had to take wood shop and all this stuff. And, and it's like, it's like people go in the metaverse and they go into wood shop. It's like, really? Like, <laughs> this is, this is what you do in the metaverse here. It's like, it's insane, it looks dude. so innocent, but I bet you it gets a lot darker than that. You know, we'll we'll do an episode on the metaverse because we got to because it's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's insane. Uh, so great, great show. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, uh, and then hit the notification bell so you can get the playlist of all the old ones. Uh, we're now on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Anchor. And we're on YouTube. So uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for showing up, guys. We'll see you next time.